Yeah, and yeah, it's fun. I love as when Raquel was sharing this is one of those moments, you know, those aha moments and things flood. I go, you want to do class today? <laughs> it's, it's one of those types of things because this is what it's about. Jim and I are here just to share so that each of you can now take it and now really have your own experience. And when you have your experience, then you really start living it more fully. And you'll find that the words will be very similar or maybe very different, but it all lines up and just even hearing it in a slightly different way or from another person, it brings it more alive for each of us. I mean, a lot of times, like Jim will often say, give it all up to God, give everything up to God. And so that's the forgiveness is really giving everything, the good, the bad, everything, just give it all to God. Just like whether you're giving joy to God, you're giving loving to God, or you're giving your judgments and your fears to God. You just give it all up to God. And that's really the letting go. But we don't think of letting go as giving up. We usually often feel like hopeless letting go and giving up. You know, And that's still a giving up too. It just seems to be more of a little more downward focus, but it's still a release in a way in that. But also it's good to realize, and where I like to often talk about too, instead of focusing on not judging, it's better to focus on the acceptance, like you're saying. Because when you're focused on the judgment, that's the thing that's keeping the door closed. That's what's keeping the block or our awareness um, lacking from our connection with the divine. And so if we're always focused on that which is blocking us from God and we're trying to get rid of it, then we're still focused on the block. Where if you focus on the acceptance... In the, in the loving, then you're not focused on the block and you really get what you focus on. So as you focus on the receiving, the acceptance, the loving, you, that's going to start to infiltrate through all the blocks. And then all of a sudden there'll be the realization of what's blocking us and that's when we begin to wake up and learn or complete the karma. And then there's the choosing of letting go of the karma or the judgment or the fear, whatever you want to call it. So it really is a process of going towards God first and then all things are at, just like that phrase, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all else is added. So as you seek God, then all of a sudden there's the awarenesses, the revelations, the realizations of those things that we can then choose to let go. And there's a, that other factor of acceptance. And a big one we were sharing before class is part of this is also just accepting all of our judgments and fears. And that's, that's the big one because most of us are too uncomfortable or like, no way, I can't accept my fear. I can't accept my judgment. I don't want to bring it into me because then I'll be living the judgment and the fear. So we keep a state of resistance to the door closed, not even realizing that in holding back the fear and the judgment that we're actually also holding back the loving. So we're not allowing ourselves to now accept or receive the loving as well as the judgment. So we've got to accept the judgment and the fear to allow the loving in, and they all come together. And when you allow the loving in and the judgment and fear, the loving comes in, and that's what releases the judgment and fear. But often we've got to accept the judgment and the fear for even the loving to come in. We say, okay, I accept loving, but then there's a part of us going, but I don't accept the judgment or fear. Well, guess what? Anything you don't accept or allow, then you're creating a resistance and separation with God too. Because there is a God essence that we've put into the judgment and fear. That's what brings it alive, is that energy 
of the soul, our creativity, we feed the judgments and fears. So if we now shut them off from ourselves, we're shutting ourselves off from a part of ourselves that is caught up in the judgment and fear. So as we accept the judgment and fear in truth, we're accepting our own loving essence that we now have fed into it. But we're so scared of the judgment and fear and how uncomfortable and disturbing it's going to be. So in a sense, we shut ourselves off from ourselves. So really, all we're doing is accepting God. Not the judgment and fear. We're accepting the God that we are, that we've created this, that we've put in there. So we're accepting our own divine essence back to ourselves and all the things that look disturbing or fearful or dark is the illusion. And it just drops away anyway. Really, all that comes back to you is loving, not the judgment and fear. As the loving comes back to you, the judgment and fear drops away. It doesn't actually come into you. It just disappears it's an interesting process but that's off that's really the way it works and hearing you talk i was thinking about like different relationships and like if i were to use the relationship with my mother as an example and and now that i've had this discovery this week of the re, the receptiveness of acceptance if i'm in re- receiving you know during you know sharing with her you know, it's like taking the acceptance beyond that. You know, it's like really being in receiving. And like what you were saying about even receiving my own fears, receiving my own judgments, fully just really taking it in, mm-hmm. you know, opening up and taking it in and claiming that that's a part of me, claiming and loving it, you know, by fully claiming it. It's It, it just is really opening all that up in a different level. So if, I think what I was hearing you say, if I could put the words on it by really receiving those places in that relationship with my mother that look uncomfortable that might show up as fear or judgment or upsetness or whatever by really moving into receiving that it cuts through all of that Mm -hmm. it'll and then that can actually be moved out of the way you know for loving loving to really be present but through that full receiving of it is that Yes. Okay. And it's actually not that it's moved out of the way, it dissolves. Okay. Yeah. See, that's, okay. that wording, and moved out of the way, that's the wording people use okay, because you. they don't okay. want to okay. handle it. So if we can receive, accept, all those things, to claim, to embrace, to acknowledge, to accept, to receive, all these words we use are all that action. It's about and taking we, all that in. As we do that, okay. these things actually dissolve. They don't move aside. They actually dissolve. That's almost like a little secret, because like you're saying, right. we want to protect ourselves from judgment That's or right. any or fears. It's it's so like almost a survival, physical survival thing of, you know, holding that away or something. And so, it, it's like the little secret of okay, no, it, receive all that in to dissolve it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead. Well, you know, I've often said over the years, that this action is about dissolving everything that stands between us and God. Mm-hmm. Remember that the person that you're in turmoil with is God. Yes. That divine yeah. spark in them is God. Yeah. And now you have something standing between you and God. The God in you has placed something between you and them. And so by beginning to move into this action of loving, accepting, and forgiving, we're doing exactly what we do in meditation when we're with loving in God. We hold our t- attention on God. 
And our holding sense. of attention is loving God. We love God. And then everything that stands between us and God is dissolved in that loving. Well, when we do that with the God that dwells in this person in front of you, then we are also doing the same thing by loving them. We are going to dissolve all those things that stand between us and God in them. So in, a way we're, so in a way we're meditating with the God in them. Right. Oh. Exactly. So then the relationship that you're longing for with God is brought about because you have removed all those separations. We placed them. We placed the separation. We may blame them for it, but we placed it. And we are the ones that are responsible to dissolve those, those separations. And the only way that they can be dissolved is through loving. And by forgiving, that allows the loving to move. That makes sense now when you put it in that way. That yeah. makes sense. That's important to remember because we, we think of this action as just between us and God in spirit. But God is in all things. And so if we have judgment, fear, separation... With anything, that is a separation between us and God. That brings a whole different approach and awareness to loving the God and others and other things and other right. experiences. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Even the negative, that which would attack and harm you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know over the years I've shared many examples of where I've had something demonic or horrible just start to come at me to attack me. You know, it's that whole thing of kill or be killed. And I just learned to surrender. And as soon as I surrender, say, all right, go right ahead, all of a sudden, poof, it just disappears. That's what happens. When we totally surrender, the illusion just dissolves and disappears because we're no longer feeding it. It only has life because we feed it. If we believe it to be so, because it looks and sounds like it, we're actually feeding it through our belief systems. We're giving it energy to give it life. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you surrender, you're actually letting go of feeding the illusion. But in surrendering, you're also saying, I accept you. That's why I say, all right, go right ahead. I'm just saying, open arms, Uh, go right ahead, kill me. I'll take you in, I'll receive of what you have to give, as horrible as it looks like what's coming. You just open arms, receive, embrace, accept it. And just, that's why I said it doesn't actually come into you. It looks like it's going to, but when you really move into surrender and are willing to now accept it, it'll dissolve right before your eyes. That's the amazing thing. And doing it from a place of loving and not fear, right? Well, that's the only way you can do it. You can't do it out of fear. Right. You're feeding the fear. If you're in fear, you're feeding the fear, and then it looks real, and then it's fight or flight. And you'll go through all kinds of, everybody has horrible things. But the day comes where you go, all right, go ahead. And then all of a sudden it changes. And that fight aspect of something like that in the world is the reflection of that process, the opposite reflection. Interesting. Okay. Fight or flight, resist not evil. If you're fighting it, you're resisting it. If you're running away or avoiding it or denying it, you're resisting it. So the avoidance is a resistance too. Okay. That's right. That's true, okay. That's why you've just got to stand present and surrender. You know, a lot of people think, well, I've got to stand up for myself or stand in my truth. Most of us assume that means attacking back. That's a lot of what people do. 
That's not what it is. When you stand in your truth or stand in whatever you want to call it, you're in a complete state of vulnerability, of receptivity, of neutrality, of loving. And then all that can stand in that is loving. Everything else dissolves. It just is gone, and all that's left is loving. That's how we set ourselves free. That's when you're chanting and working with that sacred name inside. It is bringing you to that place, the very center of your center in which loving resides, which is just pure loving and that neutrality that nothing else can exist or stand in that with you but loving itself. That's what you're doing when you're chanting these sacred names. It will bring you there. And everything else really does just dissolve. Some of you have already been witnessing that where you see things just, you know, inside. Even if you don't see it on an inner experience, you, many of you feel it, you know, even in your physical consciousness. You'll be aware of it one way or another. See it, feel it, hear it, however. I'd been playing with an interesting process that, Jim, you mentioned this a, a while back in some of your sharings about saying, I love you, Lord, as part of your meditation. So I've been going back and forth with the sacred names and saying, I love you, Lord. And I was surprised to find that saying, going into a, a state of devotion, you know, just real devotion with I love you, Lord, it brings all the physical aspects into alignment, you know, with the sacred names bringing the inner aspects into alignment, if, for lack of better words. And so I, I didn't expect that... Um, that to happen that and doing that is how I discovered this acceptance receiving and the forgiving gifting process was doing that I love you Lord process along with the sacred names going back and forth with that and so thank you for the times of sharing that because there's something really profound in that about really moving to an open place of you know doing that and experiencing you know the I love you Lord well, it's a real dynamic. Yeah, it's powerful. It does. It pulls everything together. That's what it feels into, like. Into a flow, mm -hmm. consciously. The, the names prepare that, but us actually declaring, I love you, Lord, it just opens it up and just moves it. And, but it also, as we open to, to share our loving with God, it really opens us to receive God's loving in a greater way. Mm. And all of a sudden we're aware of that movement where sometimes just chanting the names doesn't bring us to that place. Hmm. Sometimes it can, but sometimes we really need to to focus our energy and just really saying, I love you, God, and I'm, I'm giving my loving to you now. That's been really powerful. Thank you for sharing that in the past few years. On yeah. That. Yeah, it's fun when people do discover that. It's, it's quite an amazing dynamic. Mm -hmm. It really is, and it's so simple. That's the beauty of it. It's just so simple. One of the wonderful things I like that, I know we were sharing about that as well before class, but the, this action of even saying, Lord, I love you, it really begins to bring all, you know, we've talked about the three selves in the past, that childlike self, often referred to as a basic self or the animal nature, the conscious self, and then the high self. So all these different parts of the selves, when we do the I love you, it begins to really engage a lot of the personal self so that the personal self brings all those aspects into alignment to participate with that greater flow of loving out of the soul and out of spirit. And the names relate more directly to that connection, soul to God. As we've always said, this relationship or the action of initiation is really 
and truly just your relationship, the soul, with God. That's it. So in a sense, it's often referred to as the impersonal self because it doesn't have, in truth, any attachments to all this personal self we experience in this physical consciousness. So that I, action of I love you, I find, often brings all these other selves into alignment now to move into the chanting of the name. And so working the two together really assists. And that's really what more loving acceptance and forgiveness is about, the LAP acronym. It really is more about bringing that, the three selves, the personal self, into alignment so that we can now participate in a greater way with the soul's relationship with God, with those sacred names given in initiation. And that's why we share about all this back and forth all the time, because it's all of that that we move from the personal to the spiritual. And it's important to begin to work all that to really get the greater freedom. And as we were saying before class, when you do it, you notice you'd feel the energy move in your gut or your heart center. You'll feel the energy move through the different parts of your body. And that is that alignment now of that personal selves all lining up and really, in a sense, releasing or letting go as well of all those things that stand between us and God so that now we can participate more fully in that action of loving God from soul to God in that greater way. That's the inner kingdom work that Jim and I have referred to over the years and what we've called the outer kingdom is the soul of God in that journey. But we've got to work all of it together. And that's what it does. And that's why it's very, very powerful. It brings it, it's like it brings it all together. You know, this pathway over the years in many different places, as it's been taught over history, um, is often, in a sense, lacked more of that personal self-training and really focused on the name so people could get that divine connection, but then they didn't know how to fully embody it and live it through the personal selves. And that's why... Jim and I are sharing a lot about this LAF and this I love you, Lord, and bringing all these parts into alignment because this is where our lessons are, and that's where we're always challenged. And so if we can begin to find a way to really move that loving in and through our personal consciousness where all of our challenges are, it lightens the load, makes it easier, and then it's easier to do this action of now the soul's return back into the heart of God. And I just got a picture when you were saying that you know, a point, if, you know, using my mother for an example of doing the I love you, Lord, with her. It's mm-hmm. a good one. To work through that, you know, that this level stuff. You're moving into that kind of devotion there. That's great. That's the way to move the loving. Yeah. And with this one. <laughs> <laughs> And with this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. It seems so obvious now, but it's... Well, that's what Jim was just saying about loving the God in each person and all things. And also when Jesus said, love the neighbor as thyself, mm-hmm. it's, it's all the same thing. Well, no, we have to love God here. Mm-hmm. That's why I was always amazed as a child when people would say, Our Father, which art in heaven, and they would focus their devotion upward, and it would always go right here. And I was amazed people didn't realize that this is where God dwells in them. That's where our Father dwells. And so, you know, the first point of devotion is here. And then another point of devotion is here in everyone. Realizing that this is God in everyone. I hadn't seen it to that extent before. 
Wow, thank you. Okay. I think Carrie had her hand up. I think that that's real clear for me in terms of dealing with another person or, or a or a sort of a, a, a situation that comes up. Would you address how to handle sort of, if I relax at all, I end up in a tremendous amount of sort of free-floating fear that if I feel that when you said just accept it, bring it in, boy, if I do that, it's going to set up shop. It's just that there's no, that's all, I'm, I'll be up at 3 in the morning again. So how do you handle that kind of fear, that sort of, Old stuff, one, leftover one stuff. One simple word. What's the answer to everything? Meditate. That's right. Because what does it do? It brings you to the loving. So when you're in a state of relaxation where there's free-floating fear, it means you've relaxed into a level of consciousness below the soul. And so when you're in that, that's where you're caught up in and living and feeding all these things. You see, those are all the karmas that we're all on this path to soul transcendence in the process of releasing. So when you relax, those fears will come up that are yet still to be released for your soul's liberation. So all that's doing is letting you know, oh, look, here's all these other things that I have yet to get free of. And all you have to do is come right back to center at the seat of the soul. And meditating is simply that action of coming to center. And what those sacred names, they bring you to that place just by chanting them. And as you do that, you come to the loving, and then the loving dissolves all that other. But it also takes years for all of it to go away, as you know. I know we all roll our eyes when we hear that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Look at we're all still here. Many of us in this room have been doing this for many years, and we also have learned and grown a lot, and we also see more of the patterns and how these things work. And eventually it comes down to you just keep coming back to center you keep doing the names you keep meditating you keep coming into that place of loving where loving dissolves and handles it all that's all you have to do that's the funny thing that's how simple this is well, can i get real specific because sure. okay there's a real struggle with this i mean the fear has one word on it money <laughs> security so there is a process by which we have to handle those things. We have to manage them. We have to be aware of them. We have to be on top of them. We have to be good stewards of them. And I'm not clear how to negotiate that managing without involving the fear that comes up. I mean, really, this is just one level that I have mm -hmm. to deal with. Everything else is getting handled or, ha or has been handled. This one's stuck. I'm just stuck. And part of it is my my over or my perceived over responsibility for it my my stewardship of it and that it has to be done it's something that you can't just sort of let let it go it has to be handled so can you address that yeah okay i'll do a little and then see what jim wants to add but a lot of that to me is not just what it is we have to handle such as money but how we approach it that makes the difference that's where we really begin to now do the inner process because it's not really about the money anyway. It's about what's inside of ourselves of how we handle or approach our responsibility to the money. That's what really either gets us in trouble or makes things kind of work out just fine. So part of it is also beginning to let go of our attachment to any specific outcomes 
In other remember, words, this is attached to fear. This is attached That's to right. fear. Okay. That's that, and those outcomes often are related to what you know. A lot of people in the investment world say there's two main motivational factors that drive most uh, investment forces in the world: fear and greed. Right there, they all know it. If you've read anything in the papers or anything around money and investments, they talk about it, fear and greed. There's the two motivators. Well, both of those are in the realm of positive negative. And, you know, even if you're greed and you're making money, does that mean it's positive and you're doing good? Well, a lot of us know that's not the case. You know, or if it's fear, is that really just an excuse that you're not really being cautious or shall we say, as we were saying earlier, being responsible to take care of? what you have, a custodian, if you will, or a fiduciary. So a lot of it is looking at those elements and always coming back to center. So yes, it is being responsible to take care, but there's so many options in how you can take care of it. Who's to say that spending all your money isn't taking care of it? Sounds like I'm joking, but what if that's your karma? What if your karma is to spend the money? What if somebody else's karma is to save the money? What if somebody else's karma is to do both? What if somebody else's karma is to have nothing to do with money and somebody else handles it all for them? Because all that goes on in the world. In other words, I'm once again saying, don't look so much at the physical outcome because that's where that promotes the fear and the greed and it stirs all the free-floating anxiety and stress that everybody goes through around money but really begin to look more at your approach to how you're handling your responsibility with all that. That's what will begin to make the greater difference. And the cool thing is, when you do that, you'll start to find the outer actually now flowing a little bit easier because you see the outer reflection will give us not always 100% of this world, it never is, but it can give us at least a little bit of an indication of what's going on inside of us because the more things seem balanced in the world, we tend to be more calm, right, and centered. But also when we tend to be more calm and centered, then things begin to reflect in the world and now come into a greater alignment where maybe they weren't, which is first. I know it often seems whatever and we don't know, the chicken or the egg, right, which was first. But regardless, just keep coming back to your center where you find the calm and the peace and approach your responsibility to money from that place. And as you do you'll start to find your way through it. And that doesn't mean you're always going to have a lot of money because there'll be times you're not because maybe that's part of your learning is how to let it all go. I've done that. I've gone through bankruptcy. I know what it's like to lose it all and let it all go in that way. And also on the other side, to also be making money and having more abundance, more than I need to be able to share. And that's often the case, that we're going to go through all these different experiences to have the lesson, to have a greater understanding of these elements of this physical universe because the soul's here to have experience to learn how this works because this is also part of God. And as we have that approach of allowing all that, we're going to learn and fulfill the karma. And then we're going to be more centered and peaceful in it. And yes, we will also continue to have the stress and the fear show up because as long as we're in this world, there's always going to be some element of fear. Once we really let go of all of it, we're just going to rise above it all. There'll be nothing here to anchor us into this world anymore. That's when the karma is really done and we die and then go back to the soul realm. Unless, of course, we didn't handle all the karma 
and we'll come back and get another shot at it. But that's the natural process. So in other words, there's no right answer other than to keep coming back into that centered place and have that approach of responsibility. Just don't necessarily look at the approach as it has to be a certain outcome. And do what you can to educate yourself so that you, if you feel inside of yourself that you're doing what you need to do to educate yourself, to be responsible, to take the actions you need to do, to take care of that and inside of you, even with the free-floating anxiety, if you're doing what you know to do, you're on track. So keep moving on track in that way, and you'll find your fulfillment through all that. And eventually the answer gets more clear as far as the physical action in the world, the more you work on that inner approach inside of yourself and spirit. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. I, I hate the yeah buts, but yeah, but there's you never you never get done. There's always more you can do. There's always more, yeah. you know, yeah. that that could be done. And I guess a, an assumption that I that I don't know whether it's fair to make is is the karma such that whatever if you if and this has been my solution to this because I've I don't have another one is assuming that the karma is sort of guaranteed, that if I am to experience something, I absolutely will. If I'm to experience uh, a job or the losing of a job or, or more money or less money, that I absolutely will do that. And that as long as I just keep doing what seems like the next thing, I can let go of the outcome of being either too poor or you know or rich or whatever happens because it's sort of a destiny thing that says if it's my karma to, to be bankrupt, I will be, and nothing will stop that. If it's my karma to have plenty of money, I will have, and there's nothing that can stop that. Is that fair? Is that just wishful thinking? That's giving your power away to some extent. That's a part of the process, but the other part of it is, is that we have an action to participate in that. Because you can say, well, this is my karma, therefore I don't have to do anything because it's just going to happen. I'm either going to be rich or I'm going to be poor. The, the key is, is that karma is unlearned lessons. So we want to look and say, okay, what is the lesson here that I can move into and learn and experience so that the outcome of this lesson is fulfilled? It's a fulfilled lesson and not an unfulfilled lesson. And so... To me, if you have this fear around money, and that's where the lesson resides, then you want to go into the lesson and see, well, then how do I do this with money so that I can stand above the fear or separate from the fear and not live in it? So it means, you know, go and get an education about money. You know, maybe attend a few classes to find out about investments and how people do it and and how does... How does all that work and find out what it's like to save and, and look at all the different options around money and, and how to handle it so that you can then can make some wiser decisions as to how you want to move forward with the money. And look at it as this. This is your way of taking care of yourself. So in the world, we have to. We have to take care of ourselves in so many ways, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, all these different ways that we're responsible for. We have to be responsible for our thoughts, our feelings, our actions and our reactions. And money is a part of all that. And so it's just take, take and look and see 
how can I move in a responsible way with this? And there's no sure way. There's no right way or wrong way. And we're going to make some mistakes along the way. <clears throat> but through that, we're going to learn how to move through the fear and not let the fear stop us or run us. Does that make sense? <coughs> Look at it this way. The lesson isn't about money. The lesson is about fear. If you approach it from that perspective, maybe it'll be different in how you handle the money and what you do with the money. The lesson is about the fear. So then what do you do with the fear, not the money? What do you do with the fear? Well, for me, you move through it. You walk through the fear to realize that the fear doesn't really exist other than what you give the energy to it. And realize that a lot of the fear that is coming upon you is coming from outside. You hear things in the news, you read things in the paper, you hear things from people, and that causes insecurity and instability in you that leads to the fear stirring up. Or you reference back to old times in your life where things didn't work out right or you were in lack. And so those fears come up again, like, oh, my God, I want to go back to that. So it's really more about fear. And so then you love it, you accept it, and you forgive the fear. And you move through the fear so that you realize that there is nothing to fear except what you give it. Just like Brian said, when the demons or negativity comes at him on the inner levels, he's learned to just be vulnerable and say, okay, let's do this, rather than fight it, and it just all dissolves. Well, if we could just hold our hands up and say, okay, here I am, come on, fear. Come on in, let's see what you want to do, and let's see what I want to do. It'll just dissolve that quickly. And you may find then that really what the game is, is not about money, it's not about the things in the world, it's about the element of fear that is in that. Maybe approaching it that way might make a difference. Is it also likely that if you're if in any situation that you're when you are stuck and you are recognizing or clear that you're stuck, is to um, try what you haven't tried? In other words, instead of getting more and more and more and more responsible, work on becoming more and more trusting. That that I can be led to where I need to be. I can be told what I need to be told. I need to. I can run into the right person that could do you know whatever. Yeah. And move from I I'm God. I have to be responsible to take care of the two of us. To know of God's God's God, take and I can let to. go. Let go Just of that. I am responsible. I am taking responsibility. Yeah. I am in the doing of it. And just as Jim just said, maybe going taking some classes to educate yourself, that is doing something different than what most people do. So yes, doing different things can be a great way to begin to get free of the old patterns and begin to approach it in a new way to get through the fear. You know, and a lot of the things they say this the information is power, right? So go get informed, go get educated, then you begin to have a power to now begin to approach things differently. That's just the world, though. But, you know, you got to have something. We're giving information here of how to approach spirit, but then you got to go do it and then have the spiritual experience.
So I also want to just add on about your question about like destiny and karma and all that. Most people in the world are living under a karmic destiny. But when you get initiated on this path of sound and light, remember if you've heard in the past or listened how Jim would say, when you were living in the world, your karmas were in the, were in the hand of Kale or you know, Lucifer. When you get initiated, those are handed over, and now your karmas are in the hand of God. That's the radiant form, the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. When your karmas are in the hands of God, that kind of changes karmic destiny. Maybe a little, or how about a whole hell of a lot? So in other words, what God's going to do is those things that are going to best serve you to have physical experience with, because that's going to be what God wants for your soul. Yeah, but it'll be different than what it would have been if, it were, if your karmas were still in the hand of Kale. And some of those karmas get worked out on the inner levels. That's called God's grace. That's why it's so important to do the meditation and work with those sacred names we've been given because that opens the door to allow the grace to work in our lives so that a lot of those karmas can be cleared and lifted. And that changes destiny, physical destiny, because then our destiny becomes God rather than more karma. Big difference. So you could be set up for a certain physical karmic destiny. When you get initiated, that can be changed. And that's what grace does because God is here to assist us to get liberated. Whereas before, we were just doing the world, not about liberation, but doing the karma. But now we're doing liberation, so the karma is getting lifted and cleared. And so, yeah, the grace will come in and, and handle certain things, and then it's then that which is for us to experience. Well, then, yeah, God's supporting us to walk through that because that part of God knows this is important to really have the experience, whatever it is. So I heard that question in there. I wanted to answer that because... We don't always hear that all the time. I know we handle a lot of practical things, but it's important to remember the more, I don't want to say esoteric, but the more spiritual aspects with grace in this path of liberation and what goes on there. There are people, Just Jim's a great example. He was destined, as he has shared before, to leave this planet in his mid-20s when he had cancer. He was on his way out. He was told as a kid. But then in the process of dying and finishing up and ready to go, well, the karmas are done. Things are clear. All right. Then spirit goes, okay. Well, now here's a new opportunity. See? So now here he is still here today, continuing on. But what the heck? That karmic destiny is fulfilled, is done. So what is this? In other words, when you get initiated, it changes a lot. You can finish your karmas in a lifetime, and then spirit may even give you other opportunities, and you don't even have to leave yet whether it's working off karmas from another lifetime or maybe an action of service or whatever. There's all kinds of things. It's up to God because when we get initiated, we are giving ourselves to God and removing ourselves from Kalnarenjan, from the world, the Lord of this world. You know, let go of the destiny. You know, now we have an intention, and that's God. You're in God's hands now. And God doesn't have karma attached to it. He doesn't have destiny attached to it. God has purpose and movement and awakening. And so that's what you're doing. And the more you do choose into that pathway of, of initiation and meditation, then the more that opens up to you and the, and the karma, the destinies just drop away. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good one.
All right. Well, I think that kind of completes it for the day. We shall see you. Uh, Jim and I shall see you next year, <laughs> since yeah. next year is only uh, two, weeks le- two weeks away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy new year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, so Bill will be here doing classes, and we're not sure if we'll be back on the 16th or not. We land on the 16th, yeah. coming back from our trip, and it'll just depend upon how we're feeling. And it's a red-eye flight overnight and everything, so yeah. it's kind of like... <laughs> well, we'll probably show up just to, because it's getting closer to the end of being here at the center. But don't yeah. hold us to it. We'll see what happens on the 16th. So maybe January 16th, otherwise January 23rd for sure. For sure. So. Okay. All right. Well, love and light, and we'll see you next year, and have a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful New Year. And we're really starting a new year in a new way. Yeah.